0: Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Podcast. Podcast brought to you by the Wheel. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me, as always,
1: Mike Regan. Mike, how are you doing today? I better be a fucking coward. Sorry, I've I've just been randomly shouting that ever since we went to the. Wonder Years concert. I believe you would agree with me when I say that I like to think
0: of this podcast as our floor. It's the way I envision it is yeah. that we'd be up on this podcast moving around like a bug because mm-hmm. we made this podcast.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It's like our floor. <laughs> it's like our floor. I got it now. You're, you're the Amari Stottemeyer of podcasts over there drinking wine.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm, you know. I usually go for coffee, but it's uh, it's four o'clock and Monday night football's on tonight, so uh, I'll have to fall asleep the second that game ends to keep my schedule normal. So didn't want to uh, didn't want to add caffeine into the equation there. I got you. I got you. How the fuck are the Raiders one game off of five hundred? Every one of their quarterbacks has more interceptions than touchdowns. Their coach is Josh McDaniels. How are they one game out from five hundred? Okay. I, I was, how, how are they better
1: than Denver? I was trying to um decode your tone there to see if you were saying this how is this team only a game away from five hundred and like they're playing better than that or they're playing worse? So Did you really think I was gonna open the podcast by praising <laughs> Josh McDaniels? No, no, I, I, I really did not. I, I have no idea. I mean Their wins aren't anything, like, spectacular. Broncos, Packers, and the Patriots. I mean... Well, Patriots can (laughs) beat. All right, Mike. It is Monday, October 23rd,
0: 2023. Week 7 is in the books. Sands are Monday night football game where San Francisco plays somebody. And as per usual, with our Monday podcast, we go through the Monday morning headlines and talk about the week that was. So, Mike, as last week I went first, I figured that I will be a gentleman and a kind host and I will go first again. So, my first Monday morning headline, Motor City Blowout. Detroit, 5-1 and one entering the week. Probably the least talked about 5-1 and one, until everyone realized they were 5-1 and one, and then they were the most talked about 5-1. and one. First half, twenty eight to zero for Baltimore. final score thirty eight to six. Detroit doesn't score a single point until the fourth quarter. four fifty five left in the second quarter. Baltimore's win probability is ninety nine per ESPN. Lamar's final stats on the day, twenty one for twenty seven, three hundred and fifty seven yards and four total touchdowns. three passing one running. Mike, I want to get your takeaway, then i want to I want to give you a couple things here. First off, this was my game of the week. And I got my bold prediction very wrong.
1: Yeah. Big shocker here. Thought we were in for a closer game. If it was going to be a blowout, I, I actually did not in any way think it was going to be a blowout. It's also a bad sign for Detroit that with the exception of the Kansas City win both times this season, they've played a good team. They've lost. On oh, Seattle. Okay. I, I guess like a borderline playoff team that is is Seattle and then a good team in Baltimore that was definitely looking for a game where they got their funk back, especially Lamar. Woo. Lamar cooked them and it really showed that this uh, Detroit secondary already had questions and now they are desperately missing C.J. Gardner-Johnson to help them out. John Gardner-Johnson? Isn't it like, what, what does the J stand for?
0: It's a good question. I don't know what to tell you.
1: I don't know. Maybe it's just Chauncey J. Gardner-Johnson. We'll never know. Like J. Edgar um, Hoover? Oh,
0: wait, the J. and J. Edgar Hoover's <laughs> at the start. Never mind, don't listen to me.
1: Yeah, this every player on the secondary just got lit up and had a very rough day. Brian Branch didn't start, but in the time he was on the field, our guy did not do well. Um, I, Before we move on from this, I, I really do want to figure out what this fucking J
0: stands for. So I Googled it. Mm-hmm. And Wikipedia says Chauncey C. J. Gardner Johnson doesn't tell me shit. Wikipedia, yeah, they're uh. Hold on, we're not moving on. We're still okay. we're still figuring out Cha- Chauncey Jardner- Gardner Johnson's J. Yeah. It might just stand for Junior. Chauncey Junior Gardner Johnson. Yeah, because fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess they called him Chauncey Junior. And shorten that to CJ?
1: I can't figure out anything else. Back to what I was saying. <laughs> the majority of the Detroit secondary had 100% on receptions allowed. On the flip side, you got to give big-time props to Baltimore secondary. Rakia Sin and company played a hell of a game. Rakia Sin was such a red
0: flag walking into the season. I mean, that, that, like, that cornerbacks group in general was such a red flag walking into the season, especially after Marlon Humphreys went down, although he's back. But... After Marlon Humphreys went went down, it's like, all right, this team is like elite at cornerback and really good at safety. And then they brought, they have like Jadeveon Clowney as a pass rusher there. Mm-hmm. But their secondary was just so, it, it's such like a, a question mark walking into the season. And honestly, they've held up pretty well.
1: I can't, I can't believe Rocky Sin is playing well, to be honest yeah, with you. He, he had the, the highest coverage grade of, in their entire secondary he played really good. So, are as Baltimore back? Like, are they on track? Like, you think Lamar is gonna just be MVP Lamar going forward? So, okay, there's
0: there's a few things I, I do want to tear through here at some point just to <laughs> to get through. But Bill Simmons on his podcast brought up Boy. how there's like this chain of the best team of the week immediately lays an egg the next week. Like last week, everyone started talking about Detroit and they laid an egg this week. And, you know, it's a Bill Simmons argument. It's a narrative argument more than it's backed up by any stats. But it's kind of got me thinking now, like, is there a chance that this is just one of those, like, Baltimore showed up for this game and is really going to lay off next week? And we could see the team completely crater against the Raiders? The Raiders. <laughs> at the Raiders. Talk about a trap moment. game. Talk about a trap game
1: in prime time. Why are you doing this to us, NFL? What the fuck did we do to you?
0: Tell me. Tell me it's not. Well, it's not Thursday because Thursday's Bills Bucks. No, it's the
1: thirtieth, uh, which would be the Monday night game. Well, at least we're not subjecting Al Michaels to more Raiders. Yeah, that one you won't have to worry about falling asleep right after because you may fall asleep during it.
0: Except that Aiden O'Connell is going to light him up, three seventy five, three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, f- I mean flowers. Flowers to a lot of the young pieces on Baltimore. Zay Flowers playing extremely well. Uh, Mark Andrews stopped volleyball setting passes into the second row of the the stands. Um, on the defensive side of things, you know Rakicin, which I couldn't honestly tell you if Sin is thirty five or twenty five, but Rakicin played exceedingly well. Uh, as I covered on, on last week's team talent alone, Kyle Hamilton has just been one of the best safeties in the league. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of pieces to like on this team, which is something that I do think Detroit lacks as much as it's fun to talk about Detroit and it's fun to talk about Ben Johnson. It is worth noting that they don't really have the same top end talent that Baltimore has. They don't have like, a 1A at any position right now, right? Like, does anyone think of Aiden Hutchinson as a top-tier pass rusher? He's having a good season. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But do you think of him as a top-tier pass rusher? Yeah. That's because you're a fool. Um, Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown, does anyone think of him as a top-tier wide receiver?
1: Yes, you can't say people Once don't. Once again, because you're a fool. You think are you of talking? Him. This is like second-tier. Yeah. No, this is recency bias after one game. It it feels no, like... No, no, no. After, I, yeah. it's, no, no, because...
0: Amon Ross St. Brown is like such a good high volume receiver, but it's not. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not Mike Evans. He's not this down the field explosive twenty plus yard threat guy. He's like
1: short Michael Thomas. Well, I mean that was supposed the down the field guy should be, and I think as the year goes on and he gets healthier and more comfortable, will be Jameson Williams. But he's still coming back after that injury and, and getting in the groove. I mean, Amon Ra, I guess this kind of goes to your point because it felt like when you look at how the game went out and how the game played out and the rough game golf had, you'd be like, oh, and how good Detroit secondary played. You'd be like, oh, they managed to contain Amon Ra St. Brown. He still had 13 catches for 102 yards on 19 targets. So that part does go towards your volume receiver argument.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm, let, let me get like just, put this bluntly, like, I don't think Amon Ra is a bad receiver. I just don't think that he's in the tippity top tier of receivers. How how big is your tippity top tier? Like how many Forty one receivers? receivers, I think. Forty two receivers. No, I'm just fuck with you. Like uh eight or nine receivers. Maybe maybe like seven or eight receivers in the top tier? There's okay. like sub tiers within the top tier. Like top tier, you gotta go as much as I hate the guy, Tyree Hill, Jamar Chase,
1: Justin Jefferson is like tippity top tier so are you thinking like not to get all right, uh, getting his second shout out of the podcast not to get simmonsy but so you're putting nominer on like the 8 to 10 yeah okay that that i can agree eight with that 12. I'll, I'll give it yeah 8 to 12, eight 12. that i don't agree with <laughs> um what eight the fuck 11. were we talking about before this oh uh no. stars like and
0: like even some of their pieces i really like like alex anzalone not mm-hmm. not a top five best coverage grade there you go. Not a top five linebacker, but a very good linebacker. And then Jared Goff, who's not a top five quarterback, obviously. Yeah. Honestly, like just off the top of my head, if I had to say who is a player on the Lions who is a top five at his position, the only one I think I could name in that conversation is Pinay Sewell. I'm trying really hard to push back. Are you about to drop five tackles on me that you think are better than Pinay Sewell? <laughs> Because that would be a sick podcast conversation. I mean, Taylor Decker is good too. Who the fuck is Taylor Decker? For left tackle, Ohio say Buckeyes. It's not Penae Sewell. I don't know who he is. It's not Penae Sewell. Yeah. Um. I mean, if, if anything, this this is this is some credit. And at some point, we should probably talk more about the Ravens because they won the game. But mm-hmm. at, at a certain point, this is. A t- even more credit to the job Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson have done. I mean, you can see that plainly in Jared Goff's production, right? Because mm-hmm. Jared Goff, like, this conversation about, like, top tier versus not top tier, right? Jared Goff isn't even, like, fourth tier at quarterback, right? Like, he is the middest of quarterbacks. Maybe even below mid. But they're getting fucking production out of him, man.
1: Yeah, compared to, like, our Amon Ra argument, where I feel like he's, like, teetering between the the first and second tier, depending on how you feel about them. Like, there's no conversation about golf. Goff, if you want to be generous, you would say third tier.
0: Yeah. Can I give you uh, some Goff stats I found when I was doing some research for this? Yeah. I didn't want to go too deep. I, aven- I initially wrote out, like, a shitload of stats. I just want to give you two stats. Yeah. Okay. Here is Goff at home in 2022, playing in Detroit in the Dome. touchdown rate. 0.9% interception rate. Goff, on the road in 2022. 2.23 touchdown rate. Once again, at home, 7.2. On the road, 2.23. Less than half. 1.5 interception rate. Almost double. Maybe it's just Goff is fucking terrible on the road. He's like a bench player in the NBA, right?
1: Is there anything... To point, like, you think there's anything to the fact that all four of his road games have been out of a dome? This Kansas was City, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore. This
0: was 2022.
1: I just looked at oh, last 2022. year. I'm sorry. Not
0: enough sample size this year, right? I mean, not enough Definitely. sample size last year. I'm sure someone would push back, but this is just last year. So here's my question for that. If Detroit ends up with the one seed, that's got to be the biggest swing in potential run for any team being the one seed versus the reseed, seed right because if every game has to go through detroit that means you're getting a golf with a 7.2 percent touchdown rate instead of a golf with a 2.23 percent touchdown rate
1: yeah and it's not out of the realm of possibility we I, we definitely touched on this last week and because this was our, both of our game of the week and i kind of look forward look forward at their schedule because they play the chargers and the cowboys but everything else they're going to be favored in. The same. They'll, they'll be favored against the Chargers too. They might. And it's 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 on the road.
0: Yeah, but are the Charger Chargers are what three and four? Yeah.
1: I, I think they'll be favored against the Chargers. I mean, we just I saw. Think, Lamar. I think you're getting quarterback blinders on. We also just saw Lamar tear that secondary up like a paper shredder. I think Herbert and company will probably be able to do the same thing. They'll be ready for him. We'll be ready for him.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So we've spent uh, an incredible amount of time talking about the team that lost to Baltimore. Uh, I have one stat that is my favorite stat from the game, from the Ravens. And then uh, if you have anything else you want to hit on, go for it. But otherwise, we'll move on to the next headline. Um. Can I? Uh... Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know who led the Ravens in passing yards? Or uh, in uh, receiving yards? Now I'd have to... Look it is. Fast. Gus Edwards led the Ravens in receiving yards. He had one reception for 80 yards. It was not a touchdown.
1: So are you saying me... Are you telling me Ravens' pass catcher is still bad? It, it's kind of weird, right? Like, Lamar had
0: three... I mean, Lamar was feeding everyone. Like, if you look at it, it's mm-hmm. like... Odell's catching oh, yeah. passes and... Zay Flowers, Flowers. yeah, Mark Andrews. I mean, the ball was bouncing around to a ton of people. But Lamar had 357 yards, and the leading receiver only had 80 yards. It's like the opposite of Philadelphia or Miami. Like, it's unsiloed. The
1: offense can go fucking anywhere. I kind of like that. I feel better when I see that in, in some ways. I mean, like you just mentioned, Mark Andrews, 63. Uh, 75 for Zay, even 49 for Odell. I mean, it might be a better situation when a defend when a defensive coordinator can't go mm-hmm. in there and be like, all right, we just got to lock this one dude up and we can seriously fuck up their day passing. Well, I don't even know. I, I don't know if this is on our, our rundown
0: anywhere or not, so we'll, we won't hit on it, but that's the way I always thought you would beat Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Is you just get some top end secondaries in there and all you do is take away Tyreek, right? But then yesterday, Philly was like, "Nah, we'll single cover him. Our defensive line will do all the work. And it fucking worked, man. I mean, Baby Rhino had a day. Javon Hargrave had a day. But that, that Philly defensive line really showed you how to beat the Dolphins. I mean, I've been saying it for weeks now. But Philly really showed us. The way you beat Tua is to get pressure by only rushing four. Yeah, nailed it. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, on Detroit, Baltimore? Are you ready to move on to your first headline?
1: Ready to move on to my first headline. All right, Mike, let's hear your first headline. Hey, real quick, was my how bad of a tilt bet is it when you put $30 on Curtis Samuel to catch a touchdown? <laughs> you guys were driving down seven and I was like, come on, Curtis. Come on. I gotta I gotta tell you, like,
0: as much of an on brand bet as that is. Sam Howell's looking for him. Sam Howell just yeah. wants to fucking throw the ball to De'Ami Brown and Curtis Samuel. I have
1: this thing about less-than-stellar quarterbacks going for the mid-to-lower-tier receiver sometimes. Oh, dude. You got to you gotta start feeding De'Ami Brown then, because De'Ami
0: Brown and Sam Howell played college ball together. Oh, yeah. You got to start betting on De'Ami. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So my headline, in the heat of the moment, I wrote heat my ver- Heat <laughs> of the moment. I wrote my verdict after seven games. Ken Dorsey should be fired. And then like an hour later, I calmed down. I went back and wrote, or the less dramatic, what happened to Buffalo's offense? I cannot wait to fight you on this. Where'd it go? <laughs> go ahead. Ever you, since Miami. You do your thing. Can... You're so wrong, yeah, though. Ever since Miami, it continues to start so slow. And then eventually, Josh is Josh, and he makes some big plays. Diggs is him. So he's able to get it going. I mean, he's he's been, feed, these last few weeks, I mean, he's just been feeding and feeding and feeding Diggs. In typical Bilicek fashion, he keyed in on their best receiver. And Diggs had 12 targets and only caught six of them. I can't tell you the last time Diggs had a 50% cash percentage day. Like, that's just not him. There was even that drive. Was it the, Yeah, it was the last time we, when we were trying to pull off a miracle there at the end because we had one timeout because McDermott doesn't know how to use his timeouts. Um, Josh went deep to Diggs towards the middle of the field and he was in double coverage and he almost came down with it, but he kind of took a big hit and, and went down rough and he couldn't hold on, which was rare. Like I didn't expect that. I was like, Oh, we got it. Diggs is him. He's going to snatch that. Didn't happen. I don't think they're playing to cook strengths. He only went outside four times. We, we, ha- there has to be a way to get him. He's athletic. He's fast. Get him the ball in open space. Don't try to slam it between the guard and the center. You know, th- that's just not how he's built. And so it's very frustrating to see this offense struggle when all of our injuries are defensive. This, should, this shouldn't be happening. Go ahead and fight me. Okay, so the entire reason the Bills are losing
0: is because of the defensive injuries. They are letting teams get whatever they want out of their defense right now. Especially with the secondary injuries, you can just throw all over these Bills right now. Mike You so you're you're saying since the Miami week, since week 4, this team's offense has been
1: bad and you want to leave Ken Dorsey I specifically texted you that we'll do him a solid and drop him off on the at the unemployment office on our way out of town. <laughs> Mike
0: The Bills EPA per play since the Miami game, not including the Miami game ranked second in the NFL. Second ranked EPA per play in weeks
1: five, six, and seven. I think that is swayed by terrible beginnings to games offensively and then late in the game. We come alive when, when we've needed to, not last week and not against Jacksonville, but like the offense has started to put up yards. Thanks, thanks to Josh, but it's always late in the game. Like, I don't think you can ignore the slow starts. As bad, like I know our defense has been bad, but I don't know how that makes up for the offense disappearing for a half every week. So they've only lost to, I mean, divisional games, you can't
0: really, you know, whatever with that. And then a Jacksonville team that I think is starting to come on a little bit, especially defensively. And that was the weird Miami game. Since the, Mi- or uh, the weird London games. So this is since the Miami game. They've only lost to that Jacksonville team in the second week in London for them and then a divisional game this week. But the passing game's working, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I agree with you that I just in general hate it when coaches are doing, like, power run between the guard and the center every single play, and you get, like, that clump of offensive linemen that the running back just runs into the back of them, and there's nothing they can do. But the passing game's been working. Three hundred and fifty nine passing yards against Jacksonville, only one hundred and sixty nine, but against the Giants, but that's because they blew them out. And then two hundred and fifty eight against the Patriots. I mean, those those are average to above average numbers in games that don't have absurd scores. They're in all of these games. They've only they've haven't lost a game by two scores all season. And this, you know, this stretch here where they've gone two and one since the Miami game, they've been in the game late with a chance to win. And I think that Allen has been performing very well. You know, Absolutely. I love to be the guy who shits on Josh Allen for playing hero ball. I think he's been playing well, but here's where you run into the problem, right? Here's expected points that are created by certain phases of the game, right? Against Jacksonville, expected points added by the offense, right? Negative 13.93 by the defense. Against the Giants, expected points added by the offense, 2.90. The defense, minus 3.02. Against the Patriots this week, expected points added by the offense, 11.63. Defense, minus 10.65. This defense is sinking the team, man. It's not Ken Dorsey. I think he should fire uh, Sean McDermott, maybe out of a cannon.
1: I'll save it and I'll touch on it for a second. I agree. Like, it was only. How many points was it? 29. I say only, but still. 29 points to New England is like 50 against a good team. <laughs> like, it's going to get worse when we have to play like. We have to go to Cincinnati and maybe Burroughs will decide to turn it on that game. We have to go to Philadelphia. We have to go to Kansas city. I don't, we have to go to Miami again. For some reason, the Miami one, I understand that's divisional play, but I, we're facing three of last year's like Super Bowl contenders on the road for some reason, because there's a conspiracy by the NFL to keep the bills down in his round, but it's, it's going to get a lot worse on that game winning touchdown to Hunter Henry. It ended up that Teron Johnson was on him. And McDermott's over there sitting on his timeouts with his thumb up his ass. Like, like, call it. You can't see that, oh, shit, we got Henry lined up. Like, Henry, or Teron's going to end up covering Hunter Henry. Like a giant dude against a tiny man. Mike, I think you and I
0: can both accept that the worst coach in the NFL knows more about football than we ever will. Yes? Yes. I don't understand how every single coach is so bad at clock management. Like, I get it. These guys know more about coverages and running routes and how to prepare and how to watch film and how to break down what something's good at or bad at than I maybe ever will. But right now, if you put a headset on me, I would use timeouts and challenges better than 30 of the 32 coaches in the NFL.
1: Yeah, there's, It is absurd how bad they are. There's always like this, oh, but we may need it later it's like, okay but if you use it now you could probably stop something bad from happening now so you're sacrificing that for the possibility of something happening later when you need it like there was times on that New England drive where they're moving the ball and they're getting close to the goal and I'm like McDermott are are you going to use those timeouts maybe to save us a little more time than 12 seconds like or are you going to use those timeouts when you see our our defense is matched up poorly in a formation like use them at some point in that, like, I, I understand being like, "Oh, we might need timeouts for when we're trying to drive the field in twelve fucking seconds."
0: <laughs> like, was that things, why you kept it? Yeah, because you're saving the same amount of time either way, right? If you call a timeout when there's a minute and fifteen seconds left, versus calling a timeout when there's twelve seconds left, you save the same amount of time. The two things coaches are just so terrible at that I am actually confident I would be better at is timeouts. And fourth down slash two point conversion decisions. Or challenges. Challenges too. Like, Mike, if you're an NFL coach, I know we're getting so far off topic. If you're an NFL mm-hmm. coach, what percent of games do you think you would leave with both of your challenges? I mean, unless it's like a blowout, I don't know if I'd leave with them. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> you know? What is
0: more valuable to you, stopping the clock or. Taking away a 55 yard pass gain because the guy stepped out of bounds.
1: Right. I don't know if it's a situation where there's so many people in the headset being like, oh, it, 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 caught, it, 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 it. and so they like can't decide. Also, there's like McDermott, I don't have the numbers, historically bad. Success rate. Yeah. Like even <laughs> if the even if it looks like the play should be overturned, the second McDermott throws the flag and it's not a booth review, I'm like, oh, we lost that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is just every every time. I look at Andy Reid, one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. It felt like it took him 15 years as a head coach before his it clock was, management got better. He
0: won a Super Bowl before I felt like he was competent at managing the clock. Now, fine yeah. at it. But it, he, it took until it after his first Super Bowl win.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all know he had poor clock management in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. I mean, yeah.
0: Uh, so, quick question, and then yeah. we can get back to shitting on Buffalo or whatever you feel like doing with the rest of our day. We can move Who on. What do you think is currently more frustrated as an NFL fan
1: base, the Bills fans or Chargers fans? There aren't any Chargers fans. So it's <laughs> Bills fans, and they are very frustrated. And it's just, I mean, four and three right now. I thank God Miami lost. keeps the division still in play, but I don't know. Sometimes I focus too much on wanting to get a high playoff seed. I'll admit that. Because of the home games, it allows. At this point, I'm just like get in the play, like get in the playoffs, even if it's a wild card, and focus more on just having your fucking game going. By then, I, I really
0: don't want to put the stake in it, right? Because sports are all about believing, right? You don't wake up on a Sunday to dedicate. I mean, I don't know how much you give to a given Sunday, but for me, ten hours of your day to watching football. Because you don't believe in your team and believe in your rooting interest and believe in your bets and believe in your fantasy squad. So I don't want to put a stake in that. I think Buffalo has driven over the injury cliff. I
1: don't think they can come back from these defensive injuries this year. No, we said it after the Miami game when Trey was done for the season and Milano was done for the season that it would take a weekly offensive performance like the Miami game for the Bills to keep consistently winning. And we're not getting that right now for a full 60 minutes. So it is what it is. And if everything just breaks
0: correctly and they do run all the way to the Super Bowl, they're still going up against a 49ers team with
1: this defensive squad that they have healthy right now. I'm just declaring the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Why
0: am I the only person who hasn't fallen off like I I get it, right? It's all recency bias. That's all we do with sports. But after Sunday, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Kelly Greens give should absolutely give Philly like an extra win and a half on their win total for the season. Mm -hmm. But after Sunday, people are like, Philly is competing for the Super Bowl. And I'm like, no one's competing for the Super Bowl. Except for the 49ers. We don't need to move on past that quite yet. Unless the 49ers have major injury problems, no one is keeping pace with them.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Like, even after the Niners lost, I was like, all right, they're still, like, probably the favorite in the NFC. I think Philly's close. I think they're the only two, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, we can go ahead and put a stake in the chest of the Cowboys as long as they have Mike McCarthy calling plays. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Really uh, really bouncing around today, eh? Got a, hey. a lot to talk about, eh? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you ready for my next headline there, Mike? Yep. The best worst game of the week. I'm
1: curious. Do you have any idea where I'm going with this? Best worst game of the week. I'm going to say, is it like a game where both teams play just god-awful? I'm not telling you. You'll learn in a that's second. W- all right, that's where I'm guessing you're going with it.
0: Okay. Cleveland, Indianapolis. Final score of the game, 39-38. Deshaun no means no Watson goes out in the first quarter with a concussion that he's then cleared for, but then doesn't come back in the game. PJ Walker just plays the rest of the game. They said later that it was because he had a shoulder injury that kept him out of practice earlier in the week. Seems awfully convenient. Seems a lot more like, eh, maybe PJ Walker's just better than Deshaun Watson. By the way, I can't help myself. Anytime I have to talk about the Browns, I talk about how bad Deshaun Watson is because he's a terrible person. Yeah. Um, currently has a worse, worse EPA per drop back than Fields, Dobbs, Gardner Minshew, Sam Howe, or Ryan Tannehill. Congrats on paying that guy the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Negative Yeah, 10 total EPA. It would literally be better if the Browns just ran the Wildcat by 10 expected points this season. So anyways, back to the game that I was talking about. In this game, once again, 39-38 comes down to the final possession. Five field goals. Six turnovers, including a fumble touchdown. Ten punts. PJ Walker goes 15 for 32. 178 yards. Zero touchdown. One interception. 51.3 passer rating. Gardner Minshew goes 15 for 32. 32. 305 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 119.4 passer rating. Both of these teams somehow, I looked at the score for so long. I don't know how this is physically possible that both of these teams somehow came within a safety of scoring 40 points today. Yesterday.
1: Yeah, The Browns only put up 316 yards of total offense, so I was like, well, how did they put up 38 points and then I was like, "Oh, you know, the Colts turned the ball over four times, lost three fumbles. They got pen- they got penalized eight times. Not a good game from that standpoint, but they were still fucking in it toward- till the end, like you said. It, it was interesting. A great sign for Colts fans was that Jonathan Taylor got going. Yeah, bad see, sign for us that we're still
0: holding on to our Zach Moss stock.
1: Yeah, I mean they they split carries eighteen eighteen, but Taylor the days a, of the Zach Moss
0: dominated backfield are over, Mike.
1: It's very Time sad to move on. I also just realized that all three of those fumbles lost were Gardner Minshew. Yeah, <laughs> he once again a, a, accounted for four turnovers for for his team. That that is rough. Did you see Jonathan Taylor posted today? Uh, he you got drug tested. He scored one. <laughs> he scored one touchdown. And the NFL was like, seep suspicious. Looking ridiculous. <laughs> no, I did not. But that is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. He didn't even go off for like 150 yards. He had 75. And they're like, we should definitely test that guy. He's up to something. Uh,
0: so you said, um, so Gardner Minshew, do you know how many turnovers he has in the season?
1: Can you look that up real quick? Four interceptions, all of them over the course of the last two weeks. And it'd be hard for him to get interceptions before he was playing. He did come into one other game, and he's lost now five fumbles. So So nine,
0: nine total turnovers for Gardner Minshew. Once again, to reiterate, a full one, two, three, four, five ranks higher on EPA per play than Deshaun Watson.
1: Hey, you don't have to sell me. I think Deshaun Watson's been playing like shit, kind of like the kind of person he is. So it, it, it matches now. I... One of us needs to do the calculation on this. Deshaun
0: Watson has to be the worst quarterback per dollar played in the history of the NFL, right? I have to go back and see how much money Brock Osweiler made over his career. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. Or Jamarcus yeah. Russell. Yeah. One of those two guys. It's awesome in the conversation. But Deshaun Watson is getting paid so much money and has a worse EPA per play than Desmond Ritter.
1: Demarcus Russell is the whole reason that the the NFL teams were like, yeah, we need a cap on what Rookies make because this is not fair. But at the same time, it was like, you're the dumbass who gave him all the money. Why is that the NFL's problem? You know, Mark Davis still doesn't have any money because of that. Really?
0: Mm, yeah. That's why he has to get those terrible haircuts. Stays up late at night and he's just like, John Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> he gave his entire fortune to Marcus Russell and now he has to put a plastic bowl on his head to cut his hair. Yeah. Boy, I hope Mark Davis never thinks about hiring me and then hears this
1: conversation. Oh, no. He might be like, you know what? I like your moxie for telling me what I needed to hear, kid. You're now the team owner. Mark Davis... I mean, A, I think that guy would love to get
0: out of the team ownership game, but Mark Davis doesn't exactly strike me as the kind of guy who would appreciate criticism.
1: Yeah. You know, if you account for his one interception, Minshew went 16 of 23. Efficient. Efficient guy. <laughs> 305 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything else for this game?
0: No, I didn't. I just... I, we, I had to put this out. You specifically mention this as a dog shit we shouldn't talk about this game on friday too and you were right and wrong right you you really like passed into like the end of uh what's that fucking movie event horizon you like passed into the end of event horizon with
1: your take on this game yeah it was kind of like a race where both cars crashed into the wall and caught on fire and then they just kept going (laughs) the end of of talladega nights right yeah yeah, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are out of their cars running towards the finish line even though they can't win by running. Yes. Alright, <laughs> so my next headline and I think it's one that you had as well. It's a dual headline, yeah. Is, I asked the question you said unstoppable object against a movable force and then I asked the question should the league be terrified of the Chiefs now?
0: Same general idea, right? Mm-hmm.
1: I, uh, obviously for me, the unmovable object
0: or unstoppable object, which is obviously the wrong syntax. The unmovable object is the Chiefs' defense, and the very stoppable force is the uh, Chargers' offense this season. So, Mike, I'll run through some uh, some stats here, and then we'll talk about the game proper. Mahomes throws for 329 yards in the first half. 329 yards. In the first half, overall, 424 yards, four tutties, one interception. Travis Kelsey, future Travis Swift, 12 receptions. You know what? She should date DeAndre. At least then, when they get married, no one would have to change their name. 12 receptions, 179 yards, one touchdown. Chiefs scored 24 in the first half, which would have been the Chiefs' third highest scoring game. Their third highest scoring game would have been their first half against the Chargers. This Chargers defense, man, it's a boost pack. Just start anyone in fantasy playing against them. Start fucking Mac Jones against them. Ended up with 31 total points. 12 first half, first downs. Uh, Second half kind of fell apart. We can go through that in a second after we have our takes about how great the Chiefs' offense is. Or how great the Chiefs' defense is, whatever it is. Have to throw it out there, though. Before we get into... Nah, you know what? Let's talk shit, and then I'll throw it out there, all right? All right. All right. Mike, let me get your thoughts on the Chiefs' defense and the Chargers' offense.
1: Chargers' offense is – I won't say it's amazing. It's, I put it in like the Yeah, they have a good offense. Um, this Chiefs' defense, though, is just so good. It's so not, good. N- not enough people talk about how good it is. And this week, the offense decided to be like, oh, you know what? We're We're going to help you out this week. <laughs> I
0: think – We nailed it with our coordinators draft a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Minus one guy I'll mention later in the show. But Stevie Spaggs, man. Guy's been cooking in the kitchen. Sixth rank EPA per play on the season, by the way, Mm -hmm. defensive EPA. So uh, the negative is the positive when you're on defense. So they have the sixth lowest EPA per play allowed on defense so far this season. And they're not going against like clubs, right? I mean, they're going against players like Justin Herbert. Russell Wilson, Jared Goff. All right. I'm kind of destre- defeating my own argument here. I'm yeah. suddenly
1: realizing. And uh, to give you an idea of how bad that Chargers defense is, either last week or the week before I like ran through the numbers to talk about how bad the chiefs receivers have been when they're out wide. And MVS who plays basically excuse exclusively for the most part, we look at the numbers lining up out wide had 84 yards
0: yeah, who's covering him now that J.C. Jackson's gone, right? Asante Samuels is the nickelback.
1: Yeah, it was, Um, looks like Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. were the two that would usually, I guess they moved Asante over to left. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I, I don't know enough about the Staley
0: defense to really tell you what's different about it, but I guess, yeah. Staley loves moving people to left. That's what we all knew about him when he came into the coaching world. Yeah. Staley came in, day one of the Chargers said, one, I'm going to kick field goals when you don't expect it and not go for it on fourth down when you do. And two, I move people left.
1: It's the favorite thing to do. Yeah.
0: So, at this point, now, well, you got any other, any other Chiefs defensive stats before I, I give the Chargers a lifeline? No, give, the, give them their lifeline. Okay. We got to give some flowers to Brandon Staley and Derek Ansley. Ainsley. Ainsley. For coming out of halftime and really calling the defense a lot better. The second half, they cut Kansas City's yards allowed more than in half, 141 yards allowed in the second half. I mean, the Chargers defense has been bad all season. The only person they've held under 20 points is Aiden O'Connell. But the second half, they made the adjustments, and it looked a lot better. The second half, the Chiefs' possessions were fumble, punt, 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 touchdown, kneel. So they, they did significantly better on defense in the second half than they did in the first. And I'm not a believer in halftime adjustments, but I am a believer that sometimes walking away, taking a breath, coming back, can give you a
1: little bit of clarity. All right, I, I have to also just point out, looking into it a little more, all of eighty, all of uh, MVS's 84 yards were against Asante Samuel Jr. <laughs> so he had a rough day. Well,
0: it's because <laughs> MVS is all limbs, man, and Asante Samuel's small. I don't know what to tell you. That's true. By the way, Kellen Moore really dropping the bag in the second half also. Here's the the Chargers' second half possessions. Mm-hmm. Interception, punt, 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 interception. Nice job.
1: Nice job, Kellen Moore. Maybe you should yeah. throw the ball better. Yeah, he, he left uh... Dallas and it was all like, "I'm going to go to LA and show them just how good I was." And it hasn't been going probably as good as he hoped. The listen, kind of, I'm not. I tore into you
0: about the Bills earlier. I'll let you have this one, but I disagree. Disagree? Yeah, I think the I think the Chargers' offense
1: has looked pretty good. It, oh, it it has, but yeah, I guess it's it's tough when you look at them losing so many games, but those games are all because of their defense, mostly. I mean, yeah, they put up 34 against Miami, lost. 24 against Tennessee, lost. Last two weeks, though, they only put up 17. Yeah, against 17. Good- I, haven't, I haven't broken 20 in the last
0: two weeks against pretty good defenses. That hurts. Yeah. But against bad defenses, they score points, Mike. And what's more important, being good against good defenses or being good against bad defenses? I
1: mean, obviously bad, because if you get to the playoffs, you're going to be facing nothing but bad defenses. <laughs> That's what so. they say.
0: They say offense wins in the regular season and also offense wins in the
1: postseason. That's the adage. I don't make the rules. So I don't want to overreact, but that's what we do. Uh, They lose to Detroit. Now they've won six in a row while their offense has been working to really find like a more complete game. And, God, if they keep playing like they played against San Diego. They won't be playing defenses of that low level every week. But that, San Diego. Yeah. but Oh, sorry. L.A. I don't lie. But don't lie. If, if they do that and their defense keeps playing the way it did, I, I don't see a team in the AFC right now that could beat them. Miami. They play them in two weeks. They get to go to Denver for a trap game next week and then. They got Miami. They have the bills in December. Have you looked forward at next week at all yet?
0: A little bit. Not completely. Why? Because I think that we should just make Miami, Kansas City game of the week for two straight weeks. Yeah, what else
1: would be the Uh, Bengals Niners? Really? You're throwing Bengals Niners out at me? It depends on what Joe Burrow shows up. It's that Joe Burrow they had for one week, maybe. I
0: guess so, and it depends on, you know, Trent Williams, CMC, Debo won't be playing, but yeah, I guess like some of that, but it's like, ooh, are you really excited for Saints, Colts, or Texans, Panthers?
1: Number one pick against the number two pick! Pats, Dolphins, it would be amazing if the Pats knocked off the Bills and the Dolphins two weeks in a row.
0: (laughs) You know that today... Bill Belichick rolled out of bed four in the morning, ate a meatball sub, and was already two-thirds of the
1: way done with his initial game plan against Miami, right? That's all that dude does is grind on the tape 24-7, but we're not talking about next week. That's That's Friday's pod. This
0: isn't isn't the look-forward pod, but like Rams, Cowboys, is that the best game next week? I mean, I'm looking forward to Eagles, Commies. I just love NFC East matchups. Oh, God. So this happened last season. Eagles commies game one is always close. Eagles underestimate commies show up game two. is going to be a fucking blowout. Like Mike, let's, uh, let's, let's steal a gimmick here. Guess the line for Eagles commies. I haven't pulled it up yet, so I don't know what the line is off the top of my head. I have FanDuel open. I'm not going to scroll down yet. You saying nine and a half. Mm -hmm. I am going to say. Eagles. I'll say Eagles by 8.5. Yeah. Eagles by 6.5. That is an alt spread game, right? You gotta. You gotta all spread that up. Like, you all spread that up to Eagles
1: minus eight and a half. It's plus one twenty two. Yeah, I'm shocked that six and a half and betters haven't like reacted more to the Eagles pretty handily beating and controlling that game against Miami. You think they would like kind of react to it and start betting it a lot. I have watched so many Eagles commies games in my life. And let me tell you,
0: this is one where take the Eagles up to double digits.
1: If you can find it, this game opened at minus four. It opened at Eagles minus four. Oh, so I guess people, ha- I guess the line has shifted after the Miami game. What the fuck's going on in Vegas, man? These
0: guys are too excited about Formula One, not even paying attention to football anymore. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck were we talking about? The talking Chiefs. about Chargers? Talking about, about... Talking about Chargers. Any thoughts on uh, Chargers Chief, Mike? Are you ready to move on to talk about some more professional football?
1: No, I think we covered it. The uh, Big Bad Scary Chiefs are back. Big
0: Bad Scary Chiefs are back, and not in the way you would think. Coming up after this break. (laughs) All right, Mike. As it is approaching the draft, um, only a few weeks away, as far as I know, I posed a question to you, as it were. I don't know why I asked that so Shakespeareanly. (laughs) But as it were, I posed a question to you. As a lowly, dirty, only NFL-watching man, I don't know what's going on, but what the fuck is up with all the QB prospects, man? Like, Caleb Williams, bad game. Drake, m- multiple bad games. Drake May, bad game. Michael Penix Jr., bad game. Bo Nix, don't know. What's going
1: on with all these top QB prospects right now, Mike? So, I, first of all, I'll push back on Drake May had a bad game. He had a 90.4 passer grade per PFF. It was like the highest for the week. He got his receivers didn't help him out. They were uh, dropping the ball. Uh, His INT came out when he took a big hit. The talk has already started of him jumping Caleb. I think he's like five to one now for being the top QB that goes in the draft. His skill position players aren't great. I I love Drake may I I wouldn't say but that's still not a good loss. I mean UVA has been playing better week after week, but I don't think he struggled as much. Caleb. This is three games in a row where it's like um, not it wasn't as bad as Notre Dame. But, and this was a very tough defense for Utah. Can I, can I wrap real quick? Mm -hmm. Drake May isn't five to one. What? Drake May is down to plus 270. Oh shit. Rapidly catching up to Caleb. I think we, and this is common. I mean, there's so many people that talk about sports all day and, and do it for some sort of living. You got to find something to talk about. And a lot of times people, I think, overreact to things. We kind of anointed Caleb Williams as the next Patty Mahomes after his Heisman season last year. There was all this talk of him being, I never really was fully on board that he was a luck or a T law coming out into the draft as like this perfect pro- uh, prospect. I mean, even if you think on a scale of one to hundred, your last 10 points you award is for like your physical aspect. He's smaller. He's not what Luck and and Trevor Lawrence were from that standpoint. I think what we're seeing is something NFL scouts will definitely look at. Is I've never seen that happen before. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, Are you still recording there, bud? On I mean, my audacity's still gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, my my audition's still still gone. That was okay. weird.
1: That was weird. Craig just was like, "Fuck college football." So should I keep going? I think it'd be fun. Go on. I'm All looking right. into it. You keep talking. So he's played two tough defenses in a row, but that's what scouts look at. How do you perform against tough defenses and it could just be a situation of I mean, we see some we see quarterbacks that are really good and they'll crush it, but it's also college football where a lot of weeks against their lesser opponents when they run plays they're getting exactly what they want to happen happens. I mean, I I highlighted a Michael Penix Jr. throw in my on Saturday article, but It was a great throw, but it was more looking at his his accuracy because he snaps the ball and he immediately looks to his right. And in doing so, they had a guy on a go route and they had a guy come in um, inside underneath on the the right side. He looks to his right and the safety reacts and immediately thinks he's going to that underneath throw and steps down. And the second he steps down, Penix got what he wanted. He got one-on-one coverage. He goes deep, drops a dime into the bucket for the touchdown. But what happens when you don't get what you want? And now you have to go through your progressions more and you have to react to what a defense is doing. Not, I mean, that's what scouts look at. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Caleb Williams is toast, dude. He's going to suck, dude. But Lincoln Riley made Baker Mayfield the number one pick in the draft. And look how that turned out. That's such a weird one, though, because Baker Mayfield wasn't supposed to be the number one
0: pick until like the day of the draft when reports started coming out. And Caleb Williams has been anointed
1: for multiple years. I will always push back. I mean, I think T-Law was the closest one, in my opinion, when it came to the draft. I've never seen a quarterback prospect like Andrew Luck. He will always be my number one, my gold standard, like, in my lifetime. So. For me, it,
0: it was always Justin Fields. That's my
1: gold standard quarterback <laughs> yeah, prospect. That's true. He also, just to like, one more quick point on Caleb is that he lost to Utah twice last year, so it might just be like his is like his, his kryptonite. I, I don't know, but he's also in a Pac-12 where like half the conference, their defenses are playing better than last year, so we may get another rough performance. Maybe grab that Drake May at plus two seventy to be the first pick in the draft or the first QB taken. I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. kind of interesting.
0: It's worth noting, uh, Caleb Williams isn't going to play any easier
1: defenses in the NFL. No. That's what I'm saying. A tough defense in Utah or in college football is nowhere near the love with the NFL because let's say, I don't know, 11 players come out to the field for a college defense and what? Three of them may end up, if that. Yeah, if them, you're Georgia or like, Alabama, three yeah, of them may end up in the NFL. Being like starters in the NFL, but you're playing 11 starters <laughs> on Sunday. So that'll be interesting. Now, okay, I push back on Drake May. Michael Penix Jr., no idea what the fuck happened there. I mean, Arizona's defense is solid, but not that good to where he should be throwing three interceptions and they lose a game where the opponent only scored 14 points. That Michael Penix like, Jr. would be rolling over in his grave to hear you talk shit about Arizona like this. I'm sorry, but I don't know if Wash, like he came into that game and he was like, all right, we got by Oregon. The only other t- like, you know... We got USC, etc. But even if we drop one, like we're still going to basically get into the Pac-12 championship game, get into the playoffs, possibly we're set. And then they somehow drop this game to Arizona, very well. Meanwhile, you mentioned his name earlier. Bo Nix played great, so his stock is looking good after the other three people ahead of him took L's. I know I don't trust Oregon QBs. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the last one hasn't worked out so well.
0: I love me some Bo Nix. Yeah, you've been you've been big on Bo Nix, and then that kid from Tulane. Oh, Michael Zoo? Michael Pratt. Wherever he's from? Yeah. Yeah, he's from Tulane. Those are uh, your guys. The way Anthony yeah. Richardson was my guy last year. And now this kicker on Ohio
1: State. Fuck, I can't remember what team it was anymore. There's a kicker even... in
0: there's a kicker in the college that I'm big on now.
1: Yeah. And I, I think now JJ McCarthy has taken the lead in Heisman voting. The QB out of Michigan. Really? Yeah. But you know, there's there's are signs, apparently. So he has he has an advantage.
0: Are they banging on trash cans too or
1: I don't they're apparently more damning news came out today when uh, that guy they suspended on their staff, something stallion, his first name escapes me right now, but apparently he bought tickets to 30 different college football games this year, none of which were Michigan games. <laughs> that is okay. not look good.
0: Like, we can't talk about this for very long, right? Because right, yeah. we only have so many minutes in a podcast, and this is unfortunately a pro football podcast. Mm-hmm. Why is that against
1: the rules? Well, like, signals, stealing signals in general is, like, this weird area where there's, like, ways you can do it. Like, if you're playing a a team and you figure out what one of their signals, it's fair game. You can, all these teams can get all 22 footage, and if your signals can be seen on that footage, it's fair game. But you're not, it's against NCAA bylaw, I think, 11.6.1. It's written in a, an article I'm working on that you cannot go to scout a team in person. Yeah, that's
0: so fucking dumb. This guy paid for tickets to go scout. You get the all 22 for free. How is that not an impressive level of competition? This should totally be legal. This is the dumbest
1: fucking scandal. The part that I think is funny is, I mean, 30 games. He couldn't have gotten all of those. And you also have to make sure you're sending people who are like indiscreet. Like no one's going to recognize you and be like, hey, isn't that dude on like the Michigan staff? So they have so like on sig- Harbaugh. They have signal mules out there. They're sending all over to watch these games and and bring back information. Listen, this isn't bounty gate. This isn't, you know, deflating footballs or whatever. Brady got in
0: trouble for that Mm -hmm. year. This is just, this guy went and watched football games and figured out what certain signals. That's just, that's damn good scouting. If you ask me. Yeah, that's not, that's not a finable suspendable penalty. If this somehow ends up, with Michigan getting disqualified from the college football playoff or with Michigan getting like whatever that dumb thing they did for, for Reggie Bush vacated a championship or something. Yeah. No, I don't care if it's in the bylaws. This is just fucking smart coaching. Uh, These guys showed up to work and said, how can we find an advantage? Well, we'll go to 30 football games figure out what people's signals are. And then if they aren't smart enough to change those, when they show up, we'll know what's getting called from their signals.
1: That's just smart coaching. That that's why one quick point, if you ever see a a coordinator on the sidelines for college football and they have like a black kind of backdrop behind them, it's because they're trying to stop their signals from getting like popping up on the all 22. Um, they won't. I don't think they'll get disqualified. It, it could be like a retroactive thing where it's like, we're taking away your wins, but what, that doesn't mean anything. Everybody's still going to be like, oh, yeah, that team won the the national championship or whatever. Um, it won't happen. Like they, I don't think they'll get disqualified from the playoffs because the NCAA takes forever on investigations. So I can't see them getting this done in the next month or so. That would be a record time for the NCAA. They're still investigating them from like two, three years ago now when they allegedly violated... Like recruiting violations during the COVID dead period. They're still fucking working on that.
0: All right, we got to move on. But can Mm -hmm. I say that it's very nice in real time to hear a conversation that I know is going to be the social breakout clip from this podcast? Okay. I can't wait to see what it is. You watched the Ovechkin one I posted the other day? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. You were very funny in it. Alright, you, uh, you got any final thoughts on, on quarterbacks or, or signal stealing or, you know, NFL Blitz 2002 or anything like that? I don't think so. Okay. Well, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons then, eh? Yeah. Do we come to any consensus on why quarterbacks are broken, by the way? Did we, did we figure that out? Do we know who the best quarterback in this class is? Is it Drake May? Can it- the commanders
1: get Drake May at seven? It's still either Drake May or Caleb Williams. Caleb just does so many things good, but. I'm turning into a size queen slowly, man. I'm like, eh, yeah. I like Drake May, 6'4.
0: Okay. Um, and name one bad quarterback out of UNC ever.
1: I mean, t- the Titicus are out a couple solid seasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sam Howell? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a starter. He's a starter in the NFL right now. Michael Jordan? i'm just saying i'm just saying all right mike atlanta falcons played the tampa bay buccaneers with aforementioned baker mayfield from like 40 minutes ago Mm -hmm. falcons win 16 to 13 they are now four and three seen at number one in the NFC south they beat the spread for the second time this season as the spread for some reason was tampa minus three gotta get some thoughts on this and then we'll get into our normal falcons chicanery falcons get called for nine penalties for 60 yards in this game not to be outdone the buccaneers get called for nine penalties for 66 yards including four on one possession the secondary didn't play very well in the first half but it was helped by baker mayfield being a bad quarterback uh, Scotty Miller ends up with the longest play of the year for the Atlanta Falcons. That's right. In a game between Atlanta and Tampa Bay, somehow Scotty Miller was playing for the Atlanta Falcons. It was a 46-yard gain on a pass in which Scotty Miller popped up off the ground and yelled and flexed like he was Russell Westbrook. It's, uh, quite entertaining. Good football stuff. Uh, Rashad White jumped over a guy. I believe he jumped over A.J. Terrell or D. Alfred, One of those two. Great sequence, great sequence where Drake London goes to jump over someone to get a touchdown, gets upended, does a full flip, fumbles the ball. It's it gets caught. It's like a fumble, a touchdown, and an incompletion all at once. Eventually. Like it looks like one of those where it gets fumbled out of the end zone that would have been a turnover. But eventually, after getting Zapruder in the building, they figure out that, like, I uh, uh, Drake London's pointer and index finger touched or pointer and middle finger pointer and index. or so same finger pointer and middle finger touched out of bounds while he was parallel or perpendicular to the ground, like a pole going straight up in the air before he fumbled the ball, which means he was technically out of bounds at that spot. So it was not a fumble out of the end zone. And after all of that review and that incredible effort by Drake London, The next play from the two-yard line, Desmond Ritter fumbles the ball on the snap and turns it over. Later in the game, Desmond Ritter almost runs in a touchdown, gets the ball punched out from behind. That's where you get the fumble out of the end zone, turned over to the defense. So that's two fumbles for Desmond Ritter. After that, they start going really run-heavy, but only handing it off. Um, They had a, a, a drive where they went, 11 plays, ended in a field goal. 11 plays, only two of the plays were passing, one of which was a pass to Tyler Algier. The next drive, they go three and out, all three of which are runs. They really did not trust Desmond Ritter much in the late part of this game. I mean, you know, it's Arthur Smith, but still. Yeah. Uh, Richie Grant comes away with a huge pick in the final four minutes. Baker Mayfield runs the Browns into field goal range. They kick a field goal, tied 13-all. Falcons get the ball with 45 seconds left. Deep pass to Pitts. Koo hits a walk-off field goal.
1: Atlanta mm. Falcons win.
0: Desmonder ends up going 19 for 25, 250 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, three lost fumbles. All three, surprisingly lost in different ways. He was One was a strip sack, one was a bad snap, and one was a fumble out of the end zone. Wow. Yeah, really hit the trifecta there. Also, zero passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. So if you just look at his like quarterback stats, it was just 19 for 25, 250, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. But there is a lot of other game to be told by the numbers from that one. Uh my my other note on this is it's time. This is what I was talking about earlier. We did our coordinators draft. I think we left this guy off. It's time to start giving some flowers to Ryan Nielsen, the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Zero games allowed over 30 points. Held Detroit to 20, 12th ranked defense by EPA per play. Still, still the number one ranked rush defense by EPA per play. And that's all with this team having no pass rush. I mean, they're, they're getting like top end play from like David Onyamata, Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree. Those are not top end pass rushers, but those guys are playing exceedingly well in the defensive line. You add in the up and down play from AJ Terrell and from... D. Alfred and consistent, great safety play from Jesse Bates. Got to start giving Ryan Nielsen some credit. That guy has put together a
1: hell of a defense this year. You know how, like, to go back to the quarterback thing for one second, scouts would be like, this guy can throw the ball all over the field. He can make all kinds of throws. Desmond Ritter can make all all the kinds of fumbles. <laughs> he can fumble all over the field. Um yeah, not the best game from Desmond. Real quick, I have to I say like that government name. Yeah, uh, Arthur Smith and Bijan Robinson should be investigated for gambling. This was bullshit. You, he, you've been on this all weekend. He took. He ended up having one carry for three yards, and they were like he wasn't feeling well. I lost my parlay because of that. I so, also lost my parlay because of that. Yeah, there's some fishy shit going on here, and I don't like it. On the upside, uh, a good note. Third state, third straight game. Ritter has stuck to the game plan of feed Drake London. Another six receptions, only fifty-four yards, but that's still the guy you want to go to. Uh, awesome game. <laughs> it's kind of crazy that Ritter had three fumbles, but they were in so many different ways because he only was under pressure nine times. This offensive line played really well. Yeah. And the last thing I'll kind of point out is that 16-3 is the exact kind of score I'd expect in an Atlanta-Tampa Bay game to end. Like, it's right on the tracks.
0: It, it Like, I wish these teams were just, like, a little bit more similar in play style because they, like, already their, like, colors are close enough and they play in two cities that are basically the same city. They have so much in common. I wish that their play styles were just a little bit more similar and you could just call it Atlanta and Atlanta South. Yeah. Um... Yeah, last note I had here. Uh, what once again giving Ryan Nielsen some flowers. The team lead in sacks for this team, David Onyemata with two and a half sacks. Not, wow. not a murderer's row of defensive line play from this team. They just consistently have been able to stop the run and keep the quarterback uncomfortable. Wow. Um, same game parlay. Like you said, you missed yours on on Bijan. I went through all my my legs here. This is. The third week we've done the same game, Parley? Fourth week, something like that? Mm-hmm. I have this, this Tampa Bay game. I had Falcons money line, which won. Rashard, Rashad White, under 47 and a half. That won. Tyler Algiers, over 37 and a half. That one. Mike Evans, over four and a half receptions. That one. Bijan, over 45 and a half. Does not hit. As Bijan played, five total snaps. Had one carry for three yards. Which yeah, is that, uh,
1: notably under 45 and a half. That's even more of a heartbreaker than mine. I hit on Falcons money line and Drake London over four and a half receptions, missed on Bijan over fifty-four and a half rushing yards and Bijan a time touchdown. I every week that we have done the same game parlay, I've
0: gotten five legs and lost one of exactly one leg. Stop stop doing five legers Go back to four. Yeah, maybe that's the solution. All right, Mike, we have two Atlanta Falcons segments we do every Monday. The top five PFF grades is our first one, where I, who have now watched the game twice, uh, once on Sunday while I had 19 games going at once. What's your setup, by the way,
1: when you sit down to watch football on Sunday? Usually the TV going and then the laptop going. What's on the laptop? Red Zone. Red Zone? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I do now. I have So I have a two monitor set. So I have one game on the main monitor. That's the game with sound on. One game on the side monitor, no sound. And then red zone going on my phone. But I've now watched the game twice. And so what we do, for those of you who are new to the podcast, is that Mike is going to look up the top five PFF scores of players in the Atlanta Falcons. And I will guess them based off of having watched the game. I have not looked up these these players. I'm just purely guessing. All right. Are you ready, Mike? I am ready. All right. I'm going to start with the two stalwarts, the two guys I always go to. Uh, one of these guys definitely, I think, had a good game. The other didn't appear very much on my TV, which tends to mean he had a good game.
1: So I'm going Chris Lindstrom and Jesse Bates. Chris Lindstrom, the number one with a 92.1 offensive grade, the right guard. Jesse Bates did not make the list today. Oof. Okay. Okay. Lorenzo Carter. No, Lorenzo Carter. I'm sorry. Seriously? Serious. That's a shoot, brother.
0: David Onyemata.
1: Yes, David Onyemata was number two at 89.6. Bud Dupree. No. Okay.
0: Okay, I have six. Calais Campbell. I don't think he's in the top five. I wrote that down early in the game. I don't think he's there. But Calais Campbell? Yeah, he's not. You're right. Okay. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to
1: get real pissed off if Matt Collins is somehow in this top five again. He's not. Uh, also, one person who would have been, but I disqualified him because he only played 15 snaps, was the aforementioned Scotty Miller. Um, So he did not make the list because of his... Scotty Miller was in the top <laughs> five. He had yeah. one reception. Yeah, he was uh, out there for 15 total plays. Four of them were pass plays. He had 11 run blocks. He must have just fucking lit people up on some crack blocks. Scotty (laughs) Miller
0: lighting people up blogging. The guy weighs 140
1: pounds. He's like two pounds heavier than Bryce Young. So you got number one and number two. Number three was Nate Landman. Uh, The Will Linebacker? The Will Linebacker had an 88.7 grade.
0: I guess Will implies Linebacker.
1: Anyways. Yeah. The next one was the center, Drew Dahlman, at 83.5. And last but not least was Jake Matthews, the left tackle, at 80.2. Yeah, it was a good offensive line week. It's hard to tell for me. Mm -hmm. I,
0: I can just tell when the offensive line plays well, and at that point I have to just go with Lindstrom. Yeah. Well, fuck. When, what, two for six?
1: Yeah. What the fuck is Craig doing today? What is your deal today, Craig? can am to figure out what your deal is. <laughs> Anyways.
0: <laughs> all right. The other the other thing we always do here is um, give out the three stars of the game. Kind of like hockey, but not hockey. So third star goes to Chris Lindstrom. Um, having now known the PFF grades, I wish I'd put him higher. Third star goes to Chris Lindstrom. Just in and out playing well. That guy's going to be all pro, even though everyone just votes on the same guys they vote last year for offensive line. Number two goes to Clayus Campbell. I've given that that, this award to Clayus Campbell a few times. Didn't have a huge pressure rate, but I just fucking love seeing Clayus Campbell out there. I gotta be honest with you. And number one goes to Drake London. Not the biggest statistical day for him, but no Bijan out there. He's their most potent offensive weapon, they're not. And he did everything in his power to score a touchdown before Desmond Ritter had to throw it away with a fumble. I think
1: all three stars should have been offensive
0: linemen, but that's just me. Next week, uh, we'll get into this more on Friday, but next week they are at the Titans, October 29th
1: at noon central time. Any more thoughts on the Falcons? Mike,
0: are you ready to move on to our
1: weekly awards? I'm ready to move on, but it is funny that that game's over under is currently at 36 and a half. Oh my God. That's lower than Giants Commanders was last week. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Our final segment every Monday that we run is our weekly awards where we go through identical awards every single week. Never any change. Go through the same awards. Do you have any secret awards this week, Mike? I didn't have any. Hey, free space awards? Yeah. Yeah, I got some. Okay, cool. So we will go through our wheeled hordes. Hence why the podcast is brought to you by the wheel. That's not gonna show up great on uh, audio, is it? It's gonna get like compressed out. <laughs> yeah. Me me putting all the stank on the H. But we spin a wheel. Each of us gets a random award that we'll give out to, which means that we spend a lot of time preparing for awards that we'll never speak of who won them. I'll take the first spin this week, Mike, since you have all the free space awards in the world. Actually, you know what? makes more sense for you to take the first spin. You'll take the first spin. All right. And you get the best award on the board, the Brandon Stanley Memorial
1: Worst Coaching Decision of the Week Award. Yeah, this will be quick. Uh, I touched on it earlier. I thought McDermott had a really bad day with his defensive play calling. You agreed. I thought we played a lot of Ben, but don't break defense against Mac Jones, where I think you should just, you know, risk it for the biscuit and send every person fucking engage eight full blitz and just go after this dude and make him panic and do something dumb. And on top of that, I didn't, I wasn't a fan, as I mentioned earlier, with his timeout usage late in the game. Well, since you made that quick, let me uh, just run through mine here real quick.
0: Um, robot Ron makes the list again, both of us taking shots at our head coaches here. Fourth quarter, down 14-7. to seven. Commanders drive 81 yards to the New York Giants' nine-yard line. Fourth and three from the 9 uh, Robot Robo-Ron sends out the field goal unit. Down that's seven right. once again. And it gets blocked. So, that's karma. Nice job, Robot ron Another one, just, uh, all, you know, main state of the list. Gotta give the shout-outs there. Josh McDaniels runs a six-minute and 44-second drive and then kicks a field goal down 18 to go down 18. On fourth and goal from the six. Nice job, Josh. Always appreciate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Mike. My first award of the week, spinning the wheel, letting it go. It's click clacking around. I have the future is now old man rookie. Wait, the future. <laughs> Why did you name this one? It's so confusing. The future is now old man rookie of the week award. Yes, there you go. You got it. I know who you're going to give this out to, so I'm going to swerve. Giving okay. it to Jalen Hyatt. Wow! Had his best game of his young career. Two receptions, seventy-five yards. Toasted, little Benji Saint Juiced. Do you want to say you gave uh, it to? Because I have an idea, but I wanted to swerve on you. All
1: right, you want to guess who I gave it to? Puka Nakua. No, he'd have a great game, but I decided to call out a couple. Uh, I decided to do a dual award and give it to Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo. Let's go. Each had four receptions. Jackson Smith for sixty-three in a tutty. Jake Bobo for. 61 in a tutty. Bobo had a great touchdown. Yeah. yeah. His, his was like edge of the end
0: zone, getting pushed out, gets both of his fucking toes down. That was a good one. That was a good touchdown. Mm-hmm. Good job. I like how we have this whole wheel so that we each pick our own awards. So far, we're two for two on both giving our awards, anyways. Yeah. I'll tell no you what. More of that. Yeah, for your next one, I won't give mine. Okay. All right, Mike, you got the All Right, I'll Admit We Were Wrong award. Okay.
1: We talked about it earlier. Mine was um, the Colts-Browns game. I thought it was going to be a total bloodbath, and like offensively, the Colts would just get obliterated against um, with Gardner Minshew against this Cleveland defense, and it would end, like I don't know, like 13-0, low scoring. And as we talked about, it was a high-scoring game. It was still a car crash, but it was a very fun one, full of turnover, sacks, penalties, et cetera. So I was wrong. The Colts actually, um, in a weird way, fought back. Um, it was like one of those really fun, like NASCAR car crashes, where like a
0: car drives like way too high and takes out fifteen other cars. It was the fun kind of car crash. Col- I mean, Colts turned the ball over four times. Talk about fighting back! <laughs> All right, Mike, and our final weekly award goes to me. I'm spinning the wheel for some reason. Although there's only one option left. Game of the week. I'm giving this to the first half of the Chargers-Chiefs game. That was mine. Was it really just the first half? Yeah. That is incredible. Look at us. <laughs> Fucking same wavelength. 24-17 at half. 553 total yards of offense. Six scoring drives. Only two punts. And most importantly, Mike. Most importantly, Mike the Miz Regan. Elite jersey matchup. Yeah, I guess. You guess.
1: You got the, Chiefs the red, must- Chargers blue. That is opposite ends of the color wheel. That is a good looking jersey matchup. It's fine, and the Chiefs jerseys are pretty ugly, the whole ketchup and mustard deal. Fucking looking like the McDonald's All-American team. I'll pass. Hey, McDonald's All-American is an important tradition of America. How dare that you. That is true. How fucking yeah, this dare is you. This is right, and you could almost call it like in full the game of the week. Like, the second half was not as entertaining, but it was kind of cool to watch the Chiefs defense just to be like, no, you're done. You're done. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to read you the possessions again in the second
0: half? It was uh, fumble, interception, punt, 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 touchdown, interception, kneel. Not a great second half. No. You seem like one of those, like, your, your take on that is, like, one of those people who was really
1: into the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl. Oh, God, that was terrible. There's, like, fun defensive play, but that's when the game ends, like, I don't know, like, 24 21 kind of stuff and defense actually makes like fun exciting plays but the rams pager super Bowl was not that too high shell three and outs on curl routes not super fun no all right mike you want to give me your bonus awards and then we'll get the fuck out of here yeah i got i got a couple so the first one is this guy which is the player i keep talking about <laughs> and it goes to you know who baby rhino jalen carter no sacks but just can still affect the game without actually getting home for the sack a 33.3% uh win rate and had the highest pressure grade on his team let's fucking go baby rhino fucking baby rhino man Mm -hmm. he out pressured jalen hargrave yeah nice Javon hargrave Mm -hmm. not jalen and then my other award is the why are you winning award (laughs) and it goes to the bears why are you winning games? It makes no sense. The close second was the Broncos, but I get that one because they built this team to compete. And so they feel like they still have to try. But you could, you're could you going to get the number one overall pick. Just stop winning games, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago needs to be so
0: thankful that Denver also won because I think it kept them in the top two spots. Yeah. But man, you just can't compete against T-Bag.
1: The, the baguette? He's unfortunate. All softball. time college leader in touchdown passes. Yeah, I think there was another one where I was like, Why are you winning? Uh no. Those those were the big two. I mean, I guess you can ask the Cardinals why they were trying, but <laughs> everything worked out in the end. Mike, any final thoughts on week
0: seven of NFL action? No, it was it was a mixed bag of a week, but still some fun stuff i got to be honest with you. We've talked for the last oh hour, 25 or so minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Still don't really know who the 49ers play tonight.
1: The Kirk Cousins. Oh, Do they Fiel. really? It's to be a
0: bloodbath. Uh, be careful. I said that last week and I don't think a fuel. Fuel. A damn fuel. A um, damn fuel.
1: Alright. Plugs? Yeah. Uh, um, after this, I will go back to feverishly working on, on Saturday, which hopefully each week I'm Slowly getting it out like a little bit earlier than I did the week before, so we can get try to get it out closer to the earlier half of the week. Um other than that, I'll just go ahead and and steal it from you. Listen to baskey every Saturday. Basketball and hockey, good stuff, good stuff.
0: Yep. Speaking of basketball and hockey, we have our league pass watchability rankings coming out bright and early tomorrow morning. That'll be the preseason. Power Rankings will come out every Tuesday throughout the NBA season. Have Team town alone coming out Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when I have a little bit of time to finish that up. Like Mike said, check out Baski. Check out the Friday pod. Check out the pay-per-view predictions we have coming up in the near future. And of course, check out our hockey content whenever we figure out what that's going to be. But it's going to be good. And with that, Mike, only one thing and one thing left to do. Shout-outs to the man, the myth, the legend, Big Cock Fox.